As I shared last week, St. Mark is the shortest of all the Gospels, and uh, he does not give us, unlike Matthew and Luke, any of the story of uh, Jesus' birth. Uh, St. John doesn't either, but St. John starts with a theological prologue. We actually will hear that as we gather for the Mass of the Day at Christmas. Uh, that is the, um, it will be the 1030 Mass at St. Eloy this year. But St. Mark just kind of rips into the Gospel. In fact, what we have today for this Gospel passage is the first eight verses, as they are exactly. St. Mark begins, the beginning of the Gospel of the Lord of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And then he tells us about John the Baptist. He just kind of pops on the scene. As I also said last week, when St. Mark, or actually when any of the evangelists give us a detail, but especially St. Mark, pay attention. And here he gives us details. He tells us a little bit about St. John. He wore camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist to singe it. He ate locusts and wild honey. And locusts, some have tried to explain this way, that is that uh, we have locust trees in, in in Minnesota, you know, the, the, the brown snake-like things that hang down, uh, locusts kind of, uh, some say, taste kind of like chocolate. I, I haven't quite figured that out. It must be uh, processed or something. But uh, that's not what Mark, St. Mark is talking about when he's talking about John the Baptist eating locusts. He's eating the insect, grasshoppers, and wild honey. So he's dependent upon the insects. And why would St. Mark record these little facts? He's recording them, I think, to tell us this is who John the Baptist is, a man of not fine dining and not fine dress, a man who was so concerned, so consumed with the message that God had given him that he didn't have time for anything better. He just ate, uh, uh, it sounds weird and I, I can't get around it, but this was literally fast food of the day. It was what, it, what was at hand easily. So when he was hungry, he just found a bunch of locusts, or he watched where the bees were congregating. And didn't worry about washing his clothes, his camel's hair. Camel, camels stink in general, but camel's hair would probably stink even worse. Why? Because the message was so important. Later in the Gospels, we hear them asking, Who are you? And John says, I am the voice of the one crying out in the desert. Prepare the way of the Lord. St. John understood who he was. He was to prepare the people for the coming of the Messiah. In St. Luke's Gospel, we hear, of course, that John was born six months before Jesus was. His ministry probably began fairly young. He probably was, uh, began his ministry well before Jesus did. So when Jesus began his ministry, beginning with the baptism, his own baptism in the Jordan, by which Christ transformed all baptism, we celebrate that at the end of the Christmas season, January 10th this year, John had already established himself and had already been well-known. What was he doing? He was baptizing, of, uh, it was a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As I've already hinted, not the baptism that Jesus transformed it into, 
the sacrament of baptism, which we have with us today. The sacrament of baptism that we have washes away original sin. It regenerates the human person. It, it gives us sacramental grace, sanctifying grace. It gives us the beginning of the entrance into heaven because it immerses us into Christ's life, death, and resurrection. St. John didn't have that baptism, but rather one that simply acknowledged that those who went through it were sinners in need of a Savior, sinners who were seeking repentance. See, repentance is first act of reconciliation. The sacrament of baptism is reconciliation. It washes away sin, but repentance is saying, I've done wrong, and I need forgiveness. This message that John had, as already said, was so important. Because Jesus Christ was coming. And we hear elsewhere in the Gospels, it's not the, the, the healthy that need a doctor, it's the sick who need doctors. I found myself thinking about that too. Perhaps this year more than any other, we've realized our dependence upon doctors, nurses, and those in the healthcare profession. Maybe this is good. Sometimes we forget how important various uh, fields are. But we all need a spiritual doctor. We all need a savior. But only those who recognize their need for a savior really receive Jesus Christ. Again, St. John was preparing them, saying, without condemning, you're sinners. You need God's Savior, and he's coming. Prepare the way. Make straight the path. Not just the path uh, filling in the literal valleys and, and uh, lowering the hills, but in our hearts, the path to our heart. Taking away all those things that uh, we build up that do not allow God to take uh, place in our heart. Filling in all those voids, that, all, all those moments of anger, or wrath, or doubt that we have against God that do not allow God to come in easily. St. John the Baptist would tell us, prepare the way of the Lord in your heart. Repent and know that the Messiah is coming. But here we are on the other side we know that Jesus Christ has already come. We know he is our Savior. We know that to be our Savior, he gave his life on the cross for us. He suffered death for us and rose again. Maybe this Advent is about recapturing that awareness that we are in, still in need of a Savior. But if that's all we think, as I said last week too, Advent has the two two really uh, remembrances that we do. One, not only that Jesus Christ came, born of, of Mary and laid in the manger, but that Jesus Christ is going to come again. If we have that understanding, today's second reading especially makes profound sense, doesn't it? St. Peter, our first pope, telling us, for God, time is so different. He experiences time as an eternal moment, one moment, but we don't. That God is going to come, and Jesus Christ is going to come again, and, and everything that is will dissolve. 
and fire. Now, we might say that, well, yeah, that's, that's nice and prophetic. We have to, a few, few years ago, I came across a physicist talking about how the sun is going to explode and cease to shine someday. It kind of horrified me until I read the uh, next line, but it won't happen for a couple billion years. But it is going to happen. Physicists tell us, too, that even, even diamonds, the hardest substance known to, to man, even the diamond structure will cease to hold. Maybe in a million, billion years, something like that. But it will fall apart. If everything is going to fall apart, then we still are in need of a Savior, aren't we? And what's going to hold things together? Well, we just celebrated it two weeks ago. Christ, King of the universe. That all things will cease. And Christ will take those things that are good and holy, transform them into an eternal, everlasting. That in his kingdom, in his kingdom, nothing will cease. Just as John the Baptist stood in the beginning of Jesus' ministry, I think here we are in the same place, waiting and preparing our hearts for the, that coming of the Lord knowing that some of us, probably most of us, to be honest, will die before Jesus Christ returns. Not to be afraid, is St. Paul reminding us of that. Do not be unaware, brothers, as those who have fallen asleep are lost. Rather, when the Lord comes, he will, will raise them from the dead. One of my favorite lines from a song is by Rich Mullins. Rich was killed in a, a terrible car accident in 1997, the, the rumor is he was almost Catholic, but some of his lyrics definitely were. But there's one from, I believe it's the song, Be With Me, and he talks in there the refrain, when my body lies in the ruins of the lies that nearly ruined me, will you pick up the pieces that were pure and true, breathe life into them, and set them free? Rich Mullins was pointing to the same thing that St. Peter would do, was pointing to the thing that ultimately St. John the Baptist was doing, that the Lord is coming. Prepare. Do we think about the true and the beautiful, the good and the holy? Do we want that in our lives? Are we making the way for the Lord in our hearts? Are we aware that there is a day when everything that is will cease? that will be entered into an eternal now. Those who are faithful, those who prepare their hearts, an eternal now of happiness, a peace beyond all understanding, of seeing God, the Holy Trinity, as he is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, of worshiping with all the angels and saints for all eternity. I found myself thinking about that couple billion years when the sun will cease to shine it's a drop in the bucket compared to eternity it's nothing absolutely nothing do we want that do we desire that St. John the Baptist made the announcement prepare the way of the Lord that announcement is still true for us prepare the way of the Lord